Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome. Great to have you with us. 888-933-93. And in Pat Unleashed on Twitter, we're going to get to the show uh, and kick it into full gear here in just a minute. First, let me tell you about Freedom Project Academy. You know, about $70 billion of taxpayer money will be spent on public education this year. Yet a new report finds that just two in five American students are ready to attend college. Now, a lot of us search for schools with traditional values that help students develop strong foundations in math, in science, English, American history. The kind of education designed to teach students how to think, not what to think. And also teach kids about the Constitution of the United States so they don't become little socialists, little Marxists. Well, your search is over. It's Freedom Project Academy. It's an accredited online school built on Judeo-Christian values and classical curriculum for students from kindergarten through high school. This is a great education for your kids. Talking about a complete interactive educational experience where students attend live classes with other students from across the country. Freedom Project Academy provides live and recorded lessons Homework, tests, tutoring, grades, transcripts, all the things you need for your kids to excel and get into college. Should that be the goal? Go to freedomforschool.com. That's freedomforschool.com. And request your free information packet today. Freedomforschool.com. And don't forget to subscribe to their weekly podcast, The Dr. Duke Show. It's available on iTunes and lots more. Take back control of your kids' education. If you can't homeschool and you know the, you know that public school is their little indoctrination uh, camps, go to freedomforschool.com and find out more. Freedomforschool.com. Pat Gray. Well, it's on for Joe Biden now. You know, once once you open up uh, the floodgates, man, look out. And the floodgates have been opened on uh, Joe Biden. Connecticut woman now, says Joe Biden. This is woman number two already. Touched her inappropriately and rubbed noses with her Ugh. during a 2009 political fundraiser in Greenwich when he was vice president. Uh, so more scrutiny to him and uh, his history of unwanted contact with women. And the Drudge Report's got all kinds of up-close pictures of him and and women from those uncomfortable moments, including the one with the biker chick in the bar with her boyfriend or whoever that guy is, husband, boyfriend, uh-huh. something, uh, looking like he's not pleased that she's sitting on his lap. <laughs> yeah, and somebody on Twitter last night, I'm trying to find it here, um, just opened up a thread of all of these uncomfortable moments with Joe Biden mm-hmm. and women uh, in the past. Uh, yeah, let's see here. So look as you scroll through here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I mean, this goes on. It's, Are they all videos? Yeah, they're all videos. Oh, nice. It's probably three dozen. <laughs> wow. The man's handsy. Yeah, he is. Hmm. He's just uncomfortable. He's uncomfortably uh, touchy-feely. 
Uh, she says, it wasn't sexual, but he did grab me by the ha- head. He put his hand around my neck and pulled me in to rub noses with me. Good. <laughs> when he was pulling me in, I thought he was going to kiss me on the mouth. I mean, if this is the worst you find out about the guy, though, that he rubbed noses with some girl uh, against her will, is that really, does that disqualify him as president? I don't know. Oh, he's handsy with know. underage he, girls, too. Yeah, he is. That's he is just creepy. wrong. Mm. <laughs> but this guy. Uh, Lapos posted <clears throat> about the alleged incident on the Facebook page of Connecticut Women in Politics in response to, uh, you know, the Nevada legislator, Lucy Flores. That's why, I mean, that's where the Me Too name came from. Yeah, Me Too. Yeah, Me Too. So that's, that's what this inspires. Flores accused Biden of kissing her on the back of the head in 2014 when she was a candidate for lieutenant governor. Uh, Lapos is 43 now. She's a freelance worker with nonprofit agencies. She felt extremely uncomfortable, she said, when Biden approached her at the 2009 fundraiser for Jim Himes. Uh, terrible representative, by the way, where she was volunteering. <laughs> at the time, uh, he was he was my representative, I believe, if I yeah. remember correctly. In I surmised that. Yeah. <laughs> Bad memories coming out all <laughs> uh-huh. of a sudden. As you're reading the story, you're kind of uh-huh. slowing down. You're like, yeah, wait, wait a minute. I know I that remember guy. remember you. <laughs> at the time, uh, Lapos was a congressional aide to Himes, who she said was not in the room when it took place. Uh, she said, I never filed a complaint, to be honest, because he was the vice president. I was nobody. There was absolutely a line of decency. There's a line of respect. Crossing that line is not grandfatherly. It's not cultural. It's not affection. It's sexism or misogyny. Okay. Right. So if the left is going to set up these rules, they got to live by them. Exactly. So I, I don't have any sympathy for Biden. Uh, In my many years on the campaign trail and in public life, uh, Biden uh, issued this statement. I have offered countless handshakes, hugs, expressions of affection, support, and comfort. And not once, never did I believe I acted inappropriately. If it's suggested I did so, I will listen respectfully. Mm -hmm. I love that. But it was never my intention. Never his intention. Never, yeah. So he's been getting some uh, support, you know, from those on the left. Uh, you know, we've got uh, what Meek over MSNBC, The View. Yeah. The View women went on for. Uh, Whoopi was pissed. Yeah. It's just weird, yeah. man. Um, Nancy Pelosi said it doesn't disqualify him. Well, I mean, if this was a Republican, mm-hmm. it would absolutely disqualify oh. him in the minds oh. of all of these left wing women. Oh, there all of them. Calls for him yep. to. I guess he's not an office holder, but whatever the equivalent would they be. They want him arrested. Yeah, yeah. They'd mm-hmm. want him arrested. He finished up that statement. I may not recall these moments the same way. I love that. <laughs> I may not recall it the same way. Yeah. See, that that leaves it open that you're not calling her a liar because exactly. you can't do that as a left-wing person. If this was me and I know I didn't do it, I'd be calling him a liar. There's no reason not to. If you're going... if if somebody's going to falsely accuse you, you have every right to say it's a lie. I don't care who it is. If it didn't happen, say it didn't happen. Don't give me this, I'm going to listen respectfully to their perception. No. Either you did this or you didn't. Which is it? 
I may not recall it the same way. Ugh, mm-hmm. That drives me out of my mind. That's like, I apologize that you were offended. Right. It's the same, I mean, same, same kind of thing. On, don't, don't flip this. The same cop out. Mm-hmm. And I may be surprised at what I hear. But we have arrived at an important time when women feel they can and should relate their experiences, and men should pay attention, and I will. <laughs> All right, well, okay. You just opened yourself up for a lot more of this. A lot more. I, how many women are going to come forward with Joe Biden? Based on all of these videos we've got, mm-hmm. thousands are going to come forward. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, and, and that... Um... Uh, we'll tweet that out at Pat Unleashed so you can find this because you can burn an entire day watching videos yeah, of Joe could. Biden groping I, women and smelling their hair. I don't know why you would, but you could. <laughs> you could. Uh, and he does have a weird thing because he gets right up in their hair with his nose. Like he's, ah, mm, mm, wow, mm, is that beer enriched body on tap? Mm. Mm. No, mean, I guess we haven't had that since the 80s. Uh, uh, is it pert? No. Oh wait! Oh wait! No, it's uh, you and that congresswoman from Nevada. They, they, you, you guys use the same uh, shampoo. Mm. Is that suave? Mm. Mm. Compared to like uh, Pro V. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just he's he just problems, weird, man. man. He's he is weird. He's weird. Nah, but it's just Joe being Joe. That's Joe being it's just Joe. Joe. Stop it. That's being Joe. Joe. It's middle class Joe. Middle class Joe likes the smell of women's hair. What? Mm-hmm. So? <laughs> uh, all right. So do we have video of uh, Joe. So this is from 2007, from 2007 when he was running for president. And yeah. He made a little stop there in Iowa. And uh, maybe he's going to look for her uh, in this campaign trail again. Kay. He walks up to this woman, if you can see there on the screen. Touches her face. She doesn't care for that. Watch this. Watch this little pull away okay, here. He shakes her hand. And, uh, I don't think so. Hands off, old man. <laughs> so. So that's weird. What are you doing grabbing her face like that? Because it's Joe being Joe. Look at He's like, look at how cute you are. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, uh, don't. That's just Joe being Joe. Don't touch me. No, she didn't like it. Uh, that was pretty clear. Uh, so he... I mean, he doesn't know how to act around women. Wonder what his wife Jill thinks. Now, if I if there were a million pictures of me smelling women's hair, and they're all over the Drudge Report, my wife is not going to be happy about that. That's true. Very. Uh, believe me. In fact, I I don't think we'd be married. She would be that disgust. Like, what are you doing when you're when I'm not around? What are you doing? You'd be using my spare room, wouldn't you? Yep. <laughs> Seriously, I, I I don't get it. Jill has no problem with him sniffing other women's hair. <laughs> Not that that's adultery, but it's weird, it's right? It's it's weird. inappropriate, inappropriate and weird. Boy, I tell you, the Democratic field—you guys just keep outdoing yourselves with your—they uh, really do, man—with your hopefuls there, your candidates. They're all creepy. They're all creepy. I mean, tell me. Beto is any better with those weird fantasies of his running over children uh, where he fantasized that he ran over 38 of them by the time he was 22 years old. Uh, Is that not freaky or the weird poems he was writing uh, about cow love or whatever? I just so weird. (laughs) These people are freaks. Yep. I think we have some more footage of uh, 
of like Joe nibbling on uh, oh, another woman's ear. On yeah. Yeah. A female's Let's ear. See Look at what? that. Right there. Right there. Look at that. Oh, no. <laughs> and licking and licking. <laughs> Nibbling and licking. Freak. <laughs> uh, those listening to Blaze Radio, that would be two cats. Two cats. Uh-huh. Uh, but one is nibbling on one, the other one's ear and then licking the back of her head like Joe does. It's a good way to slip in an animal video there. <laughs> Thanks for the help there in terms of overall for that tweet. Um, oh, yeah. man. So there you go. So. I guess Mika over on the Morning Cup of Postum was uh, questioning the uh, integrity of Joe Biden's accuser. Do we? Do we this have is the a hard video? conversation yep. to have okay. because a lot of folks um, will yeah. say that women need to be believed and heard, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. believe they should be heard. Right. Thank you. Um, Me too. But are we allowed to bring up that Lucy Flores is a huge Bernie? person and no. she has you know political connections that might be counter well, to I mean, Biden's we're, goals we're, we're and that this could be we're, hold on yeah. is it okay to bring up this could be politically motivated or are we just supposed to take all the words mm-hmm. and the fact that she says she was violated mm-hmm. at face value are we supposed to just leave it there well I and mean, have this this <laughs> sort of um attack on his credibility and his get honor get Honey. Just uh-huh. sit there. Honey. Or are we allowed <laughs> to talk about it? Well, or are you, we allowed to talk about up. the man? You can bring it up, Mika, if you want your Twitter feed to look like your Twitter feed's going to look today. But it seems to me that, again, that. that so yes. we're not. Well, no, you just did. <laughs> I, and, and, and what I'm saying honey, is that, honey. yeah, I. I, I the conversation has to be had. It has to be an open conversation. Mm-hmm. And as you've been saying, and as other people have been saying, the argument, all women must be believed, period. That's the end of the conversation. No. That was the argument six months ago. That was the argument when Al Franken was run out of town, run out of Washington, D.C., when what Donald Trump has done is so much more abhorrent. That conversation seems to have been moving along. I suppose I'm not allowed to say this because I'm a male. But just as an observer, that conversation has moved along to mm-hmm. women need to be believed, <clears throat> women need to be heard, but there has to be due process out there. Thank you. Okay, well, I mean, that's reasonable. Yep. But it's, it's a just, reasonable question for Mika, too. Yeah, but it's interesting how they have just turned on a dime now that it's campaigning season. Sure. And it's their favorites that are under the microscope. Yes. That's the problem. That's their principle. And again, if this was an accusation against Trump, they'd automatically believe it and they'd be roasting him right now and demanding his resignation. Demanding his resignation with no proof whatsoever. Um, so, yeah, fascinating. But again, I love it when the left eats their own. Fanta- this is fantastic. <laughs> it's great. And there's no way you can't be consumed. Now that they've started this fire with the Me Too movement, it's going to burn everybody down. Uh, you, you, you just can't. And especially the Democrats who don't think that you should act appropriately or have any rules or or borders like Mike Pence does. They'll mock him mercilessly and talk about how ridiculous he is and misogynist and sexist he is because he won't have dinner alone with another woman without his wife present. Uh, That's so reasonable, especially in this environment. It's mandatory. And... They don't, they don't have any such value system. They don't have any principle that gets anywhere near anything like that. So good. Mm-hmm. Let it burn them down. <laughs> it's it's great. Kind of I love fun. it. <laughs>
Yeah. It's exactly what they deserve. Mm-hmm. 888 right, let me tell you about uh, a great weight loss product called Riduzone. You've been hearing us talk about this for years. Every, that's why everybody in this building uses it. It is time to give it a try. If you've just been struggling with your weight, going up and down and back and forth, it's just so frustrating. Riduzone could be exactly what you need to put you over the top. Once and for all, just take a couple 30 minutes before you eat and it boosts your metabolism and helps you reduce your appetite so that you eat less. Eat less and, uh, you know, have a faster metabolism, even if you're not exercising, but add a little bit of exercise to it and you're going to lose weight. Riduzone has a patented ingredient It's the OEA molecule from uh, olive oil that has been shown to boost metabolism and reduce up appetite while you burn fat. It's just a, it's a great product. Give it a try for a a limited time. We still have this great offer for you because you listen to the show. 30% off of three months supply when you go to riduzone.com and enter the promo code PAT. So it's riduzone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. Promo code PAT for 30% off a three-month supply. Riduzone.com. Pat Gray Unleashed. All right. More incomprehensible stuff from the Pope. Pope Francis. I... What's the deal with this guy? I, I hear this from Catholics all the time. This Pope, man. I don't and nobody wants to say anything, you know, bad about him because nah, he's the Pope. But you got to wonder, a guy who seems to really appreciate cap, uh, communism, it seems to very much dislike capitalism, seems to be very, very generous with our immigration policy, and seems to be completely oblivious that he's got a 50-foot wall... Around his own place. <sighs> he said He said Sunday, political leaders who want walls and other barriers to keep migrants out, quote, will end up becoming prisoners of the walls they build, unquote. Well, does that include you, Francis? Or, That's good or, stuff, man. I, I mean, have you seen a taller, bigger wall anywhere in the world than what surrounds the Vatican? Tear it down. Mr. Francis, Mr. Pope, tear down this wall. Start with your own house. Let everybody come on in. You got plenty of money at the Vatican. Made these comments to reporters aboard the plane returning from Morocco in response to a question about migration in general. And of course, about... U.S. President Donald Trump's threat to shut down the border with Mexico. Builders of walls, be they made of razor wire or bricks, will end up becoming prisoners of the walls they build, he said. Okay. Wow, did he win a poetry contest with that? Jeez. That's uh, it's beautiful. Said, I realize that with this problem of migration, a government has a hot potato in its hands, but it must be resolved differently, humanely, not with razor wire. Uh, is anybody even suggesting razor wire at the U.S. border? No. Maybe on top of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, look. Can't let you just climb over no, unchallenged. Which is what they're doing. 
Oh, boy. And you put a little razor wire at the top. It makes it a little bit more difficult. They still get around it and over it. I mean, with fear, we will not move forward. With walls, we will remain closed within these walls, he said. <laughs> again, I, have you looked out your again, window, yeah, Mr. Pope? Take a look just outside your Vatican windows and see what you see there. Because uh, seems to me it's a wall <laughs> and a really big one. And a nice fountain, too. Mm, yeah. You see that out there. Yeah, probably several nice fountains. Uh, but it's agonizing that we we are the only people on the planet that are just expected to it, you just handle the crush of immigration. No one else. No one on this planet has ever allowed legal immigrants to come in to their country at the rate of a million a year. Over one million a year are allowed in legally. One million a year. Then, of course, last year we had another one and a half million enter illegally. Does that seem right? I don't think so. Doesn't seem prudent to me. You have all these people just pouring into your house. You don't have any idea what they want, what they're doing there, how long they're going to stay, what they're going to do while they're there. Are you safe? Are you not safe? Sure, the vast majority of them are good, decent, hardworking family people. But what are the odds out of one and a half million that, let's say, 1% of them are criminals? That's not ridiculous. Is that ridiculous to, to assume 1% might be? I just, you know, 1% of a million, is that 15,000? Sure. Yeah. Well, you're we'll looking say at me. Something like that. <laughs> I'm the worst person. All right. In so, so 10% would be 150. So, yeah, 1% is 15,000 people there you go. that you just let in in the, in the course of one year. If it's only 1%, and of course, that's a ridiculously low number, but you've got, you got 15,000 new criminals. Just because you're not paying attention to what's going on at your border. How does anybody think that's sane? How does it, I mean, we've, our children live here. We live here. We don't have the right to ask who you are and what's your intention. And what do you bring to us? We used to ask it. We used to demand it of people. We, okay, we got to make sure you're not sick. We got to make sure that. Uh, we know what your intention is, how long you plan to stay. And if you want to stay permanently, we'll, you know, we'll work that out with you. But that's not reasonable. That's no, hate. Right. Uh, it's, man, it's so frustrating. And they want to have, they always say on the left, we need to have a conversation. A conversation. The hell you want to have a conversation? You don't want to hear anything we have to say. Well, they want to hear a conversation of people who agree with themselves. Want to hear themselves talk. Right. <laughs> well, here's our conversation. Uh, it's hateful not to let everybody in. Okay, thank you. It was a good talk. Let's do it again sometime. <laughs> good talk. Good talk. <laughs> I can't take it. I can't either. <laughs> I mean, drink uh, up. Mm. All right. Is there something we can pause and and play that's a little more? No, we got no fun on this, do we? Dang it. <laughs> what are we? What are I'm you? just looking for something light, something airy. Oh, 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 oh. Page two. Yes. To quote Paul Harvey. Page those fir- two. The first four clips on page two. Oh, you're talking to Alex? I'm talking to Alex. Alex Jones. He's. <laughs> I guess he's getting a deposition here, so right? This so is, this is, we had the text of it uh, mm. yesterday, but mm-hmm. um, we have the video of the deposition today, if you would like to uh, wow. explore. 
How people get a hold of the deposition of Alex Jones and the Sandy Hook thing? I don't know, but it's out there. And interesting. We got it. That's interesting. Is there a number of people can call, Ivan? Or it's uh, right there in front of you. There. And when when can people call? Anytime. Oh, they want. I'm so sorry. That's true. I'm so sorry. That's interesting. That's interesting. All right, let's take a look at uh, Alex Jones mocking Sandy Hook parents crying. You will admit. I mean. You've done mocking imitations of Sandy Hook parents crying, correct? No. I want to play you a video clip, too, <laughs> from September 24th, 2014, no. and November 11th, 2016. Will you play the video clip called Crying? Oh, but we don't get to see that part, huh? That would have been cool. And then you've got parents go. laughing on <laughs> And then they walk over to the camera and go... <laughs> Not just one, but a bunch of parents doing this. Then we see footage of one of the reported fathers of the victims, Robbie Parker, doing classic acting training where he's laughing and joking and they say, hey, we're live. He goes, oh. And maybe that's real. I'm sure it is. You realize now you were mocking the difficult emotional reactions of people who provably lost their children. Wow. Oof. How would you like to be him at that moment when, I mean, he keeps, he's denied this the whole time. And then you play his, the proof, the absolute hardcore proof of what he said. And then he continues to deny it. Strange. Really, really amazing. Um, anyway, he had an explanation that wasn't to mock. So here's what he said. No, I was not mocking. I was showing what people were questioning. It was not to mock the parents. It was showing why people were questioning. It's you that is projecting mocking onto it. I was showing what he did. I see. Okay, good. (laughs) Good. Turned into 2015, you learned that a Sandy Hook parent named Leonard Posner was behind a group called Honor Network. Correct? That was fighting online abuse of Sandy Hook victims? I did, I think. And when you learned that, and when Honor complained to YouTube in 2015, you told your viewers that Honor was run by Mr. Posner, you showed addresses being used by Mr. Posner, and you said he needed to be investigated in Florida. Didn't you say that? Objection as to form. No. Okay, let's play a clip here. I'm going to show you something that you and Mr. Dew were talking about on February 12th, 2015. Can you play addresses for me? He's been getting all kinds of grief from Mr. Posner. Uh, anything that comes out, so, uh, social media shutdown due to Sandy Hook false copyrights. What's interesting is they list the address for the Honor Network in uh, Boca Raton, Florida. You look up the address on that, which says You think, you know, if they had this organization, they would have some sort of headquarters where they would be setting up a memorial. Well, we'll just start investigating that. I guess I'm going to have to probably go on up to New- Newtown. I'm going to have to probably go investigate Florida as well. If a person were to stake out those addresses, they could wait for Mr. Posner to come pick up his mail, couldn't they? Objection is to form. True. I mean, I mean the guy's running an anti-free speech foundation. <laughs> <laughs> There's your answer. Okay. Uh, he's the guy. The guy works for the CIA. He's an FBI CIA substation agent. So, There's that's that. that's really something. That is really something. And I yeah. still, still people who email me or 
Got a text from a friend yesterday. No, don't um, say it. But you gotta believe Joe. Why? Why oh. don't hand? Don't hassle Alex Jones. No. And look, uh, we've said this a million times. Oh. As much as we don't, I don't support his mm-hmm. viewpoints. And the guy is not a conservative. He is not a conservative. Uh, but I don't support Twitter dropping him, Facebook banning him. All of those things are completely out of line. He has the right to say this stuff. But come on, yeah. Come on. I'm just glad to hear that. Sheer, unadulterated nuttiness. I'm not the only person with Alex Jones truthers in their sphere. No. Oh, oh. Reaching out oh, all no. the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, all right. When was the last time you had your ears professionally cleaned? If you have itchy ears, maybe some pain, they feel plugged up. There's something you can do, and you don't have to go to the doctor anymore. The doctor's office was the best place to get this remedied before. But uh, WaxRx was developed by physicians, and it's technology you can safely, effectively use in your own home, reuse it. I mean, you're going to save a lot of money. It's really convenient, and WaxRx is available without a prescription now. Just go to usewaxrx.com, use the offer code RADIO when you check out, and you'll get free shipping. Really good stuff. Don't try something that... First of all, it doesn't work and may even damage your eardrums. It's a real solution to remove wax buildup. It's usewaxrx.com, offer code radio. This is Pat Gray Unleashed. Gave you with us, 888 <clears throat> Also at Pat Unleashed on Twitter, where Pat's Sharpies tweets, Eskimo kisses are an assault now? Mm. Who knew? Poor, creepy Uncle Joe. Uh, Lone Wolf 2965 rubbing noses. May not be me too, but <clears throat> how about Eskimo cultural appropriation? Yes, we'll, we'll get you on something, uh-huh. Joe. Yep. <laughs> The Pickled Squirrel tweets, I had heard the only woman tougher than Pat's wife is Dana Lash. Are the legends true? Hmm. I don't know if she's tougher than my wife. It's possible. Wow. I don't know. I don't know. That's kind of neck and neck there. Put them in the ring together and see what happens. (laughs) Uh, Land of the Fleek. I find it even creepier that Beto knows the exact number of children he fantasized about running over. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very, very weird. Point. It's not just yeah. some generic. No, he actually said 38, 38 by the time he was 22. So weird. From Scotty Sweatman, the Pope is being held prisoner. <laughs> I call upon Catholics of Rome to tear down the Vatican wall and liberate him. Uh, Anthony <laughs> John 171. Pope Francis was on a plane. The socialist Pope who preaches climate change. Thank you. Mm-hmm. A little incongruency there. And from Pat, fat, hathead Kristen. Uh, Pat's Pat's lucky. Jim Himes is still my representative. Yeah, obviously, you must live in Fairfield County, Connecticut. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so uh, how did he harm you? I mean, show me on the doll. Here. Oh, his every, I mean, do? taxes, every stinking Democrat liberal thing, you know. Yeah, it's, it's Connecticut. It's hard. Even in the, you know, areas we lived in, which were... You know, kind of well-to-do, Wilton and New Canaan and Greenwich area. It's just, what's the matter with you people? <laughs> Why are you voting against your own self-interest? Yeah. And that's... it's the most Republican part of the state. Oh. So. This is a lot about Connecticut it right does. there. 
Yeah, it does. We lost it. <laughs> yes, we definitely <laughs> lost Connecticut. No doubt about it. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Abortion activist, you know, all of, the, all of the things that you despise as a conservative he stood for. Uh, the House GOP pushing for a floor, floor vote, vote on the Born Alive Act. I love the fact that the Republicans, at least some of them, are actually pushing this now. Because mm. it, it failed is, in the Senate, right? Because it didn't get enough uh, votes to uh, move yeah, forward. Yeah. Um, so the House is taking it so up. So the House Good. has even less a chance, I would think. But still, Republicans are maneuvering to give an abor- abortion survivor's protection bill a floor vote. Uh, they're going to file a discharge petition to force a vote on the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act on, well, today, <clears throat> today, in an effort to force a vote after Democrats have refused to bring it out of committee. Minority Whip Steve Scalise is spearheading that effort and is trying to gain the 218 votes needed to accomplish the goal. That would require the support of his whole caucus, so every Republican... And they had, they'd have to get 21 Democrats. Yeah. Scalise ana- uh, acknowledged that the maneuver is rarely used, but he said it was necessary given the embrace of radical abortion positions advancing in all of these states like New York. This is one tool we have, he said, especially as the minority party, to try to bring very important and critical legislation to a vote. There is momentum already starting to build. We already have heard from some Democrats, and there's been a lot of interest from the pro-life community. Is there any pro-life community in the Democrat Party now? (laughs) I am unaware of it. Well said. That's a lonely (laughs) island right now. The bill would force abortionists and medical personnel to provide care to infants who survive the procedure and are born alive. If that is too much to ask... then this country is in uh, maybe irreparable danger. Yeah. Think about that. They're they're having to call and scratch for votes to keep born babies alive. Yes. So if you know anything about uh, this abortion situation, when it's a late-term abortion, they give you... I think the RU86 bill, whatever it is, that kills the the baby. Yeah, RU486, yeah. And then, uh, so they give, they give you some injection, stops the heart. Then the next day you come back in and they start your contractions. And then the next day you give birth to a dead baby. Uh, and so sometimes the baby somehow survives the procedure. And the baby's born alive. Well, are you going to kill that infant then? Or just let that infant die? Now, all of the work has already been done. Baby's been brought to term. The baby's been delivered. It's not a part of the mother's body anymore. So none of those arguments apply anymore. They don't apply at all. I have a right to choose what to do with my own body. What about a woman's reproductive rights? None of that is relevant at the, at the point of a baby being born alive. So why not at that point? Call CPS or whatever state authorities 
Uh, heck, take it down to the local fire station with the don't ask any questions law, and they'll do something with the baby. And then that baby is set up for adoption. Why wouldn't you do that? Why would you allow the baby to just die? Wow. So if you can't even if you can't even get a Democrat to vote for that, I just they've lost all sense of humanity. And the death cult label we've been sticking them with absolutely applies. There is absolutely no reason, no excuse to kill the child at that point. It's just, it's barbaric and inhuman. Um, Also, there's a bill now that would close a loophole that robs Americans of due process. This is uh, from the Heritage Foundation. Lawmakers in the House of Representatives reintroduced sweeping bipartisan legislation to rein in and reform the nation's abuse-prone civil forfeiture laws. We've been talking about civil asset forfeiture for a few years now because it's gotten completely out of control. And I, to me, it's one of the most unconstitutional, one of the most obviously unconstitutional things done by our government. If passed, the aptly named FAIR or Fifth Amendment Integrity Restoration Act, sponsored by... Uh, all kinds of Republicans and a couple of Democrats hmm. would rebalance a system that's become skewed against innocent, innocent property owners in every meaningful way. Civil asset forfeiture is the law enforcement tool that lets property or currency be seized and permanently forfeited, even in situations where the owner is, hasn't been charged and will never be convicted of a crime. So, obviously, if they're not going to be charged, they're not going to be convicted. Prior to the 80s, the 1980s, civil forfeiture was just a niche law enforcement tool relegated mainly to uh, admiralty and customs laws. But Congress followed, followed later by nearly every state ramped up the practice to target the assets and ill-gotten gains of drug kingpins, crime organizations, and money launderers. And to encourage law enforcement agencies to use this tool, Congress empowered federal agencies to retain the proceeds of successful forfeitures. You get to keep it and then use it as part of your budget. Huh. That's just a bonus we gave you. What's due process again? I'm not familiar with that term being that I live in America. Yeah, some antiquated thing where I guess you get to face your accusers and they have to offer some evidence or something. It sounds stupid. That sounds convoluted. Why can't we just take their stuff and call it a day? Well, we can. Okay, good. That's what we're doing now. That's good. <laughs> For some reason, these somebody with a stick up their butt <laughs> trying to stop that in its due course. Yeah. <laughs> stick up their uh, butt. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. So lawmakers empowered agencies to seize their way to bigger budgets. And uh, so that's exploded now, even in places like Texas. Yep. Uh, Utah. Utah, as far as I know, that guy that lost $500,000 in cash still, despite the ruling from the Supreme Court, has not received his money back. 
And that's just one of that's many, one of examples. many many examples. And this was something Thomas Massey was tweeting out over the weekend. Um, this is like you noted in the article. There, it's getting <clears> some bipartisan support, and so um, as well it should. Let's hope that something comes of this because that yeah. is just that is one of the most un-American. un-American. Thank you. Yeah, laws that we have absolutely civil asset forfeiture un-American and unacceptable. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Home title lock. If you don't have home title lock yet, uh, wow, you're really taking a chance that you're going to be one of the lucky ones that never has to worry about your online mortgage, your online title to your home being stolen. Criminals look for vulnerable properties and they scan through obituaries. They pour through public records and it could take as little as a forged deed to transfer ownership of your home to them. And then it's almost impossible to reverse that process. Once the title's transferred, they take out a mortgage or they could sell your property. Sometimes they rent it and you don't know anything about it until you get the late notices or the renters, uh, the new owners show up. Hey, get out of our house. I wish home title lock could stop uh, civil asset forfeiture of your house. That'd be nice. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe that's something they could add. But now you can prevent this crime from ever happening to you or someone you love with Home Title Lock. For pennies a day, Home Title Lock will put a virtual barrier around your home's title and mortgage. Go there, HomeTitleLock.com. Get registered to learn if you've already been compromised. And if you register your home now, you'll get a free title scan and report. That's usually $100 uh, in value. They're going to throw that in for free just for signing up. HomeTitleLock.com. Get some protection for your home. Don't let them steal your house. HomeTitleLock.com. He's Pat Gray. He's unleashed, and he's on the blades. So a federal judge has ruled the California magazine confiscation law unconstitutional. Hmm. Okay, so the magazine, not not like Time Magazine or Newsweek Magazine. No, the government can't come and take your old National Geographics from you. <laughs> that would be that would be that would be unconscionable. That civil asset forfeiture <clears throat> law going into effect there. So it's the magazines from from your uh, your gun. Yeah, California's stupid law. Yeah, federal judge <laughs> struck down California's ban Yay. on the possession of magazines holding more than ten rounds of ammo. Good. That surprises me. On Friday, Judge Roger T. Benitez of the District Court for Southern for the Southern District of California ruled the confiscation effort is unconstitutional. Wow. Hmm. California Penal Code, Section 32310, mm-hmm. as amended by Prop 63, burdens the core of the Second Amendment by criminalizing the acquisition and possession of these magazines that are commonly held by law-abiding citizens for defense of self- Home and state. Wow, you really got that right. Yeah, I like that. What did they say? Uh, damages the core. What did they say? The core of the core the, of the Second Amendment. That's excellent. Well written. Really good. Mm-hmm. The regulation is neither presumptively legal nor longstanding. The statute hits at the center of the Second Amendment, and its burden is severe. When the simple test of Heller is applied, a test that persons of common intelligence can understand. The statute fails and is an unconstitutional abridgment. It criminalizes the otherwise lawful acquisition of and possession of common magazines 
holding more than 10 rounds. Magazines that law-abiding, responsible citizens would choose for self-defense at home. Wow. This guy's a hero. <laughs> this guy. Because uh, you don't get these kinds of rulings anymore from especially California judges. Yeah. That's crazy. How about that? Yeah. Uh, that's a big victory for the Second Amendment for uh, the American way, frankly. Let me look up uh, Judge Benitez. Let's see who... Uh... You want to take bets on uh, on who appointed him to the federal bench there? I would think a Republican, but who knows? Let's see here. Who knows? Uh, George W. Bush. Yeah. We have a winner. Ding, 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 ding. Also, there's a sheriff in Colorado. They've got some draconian legislation that went through as well. Weld County Sheriff Steve Reams is so opposed to this new gun bill making its way through the Colorado legislature that he's willing to go to jail rather than enforce it. Wow. He said it's a matter of doing what's right, and he's not the only one who feels that way. The controversial red flag bill aims to seize guns temporarily. Uh-huh. Temporarily. We've seen that how temporary that can be in New Orleans right after Katrina. It's uh, 14 years later, and many of those people who had their guns confiscated after Katrina still don't have them back. So the uh, red flag bill aims to seize guns temporarily from people who are deemed to be a threat to themselves or others. Sheriff Steve Reams, Colorado's state Senate, uh, he said that they passed the bill Thursday by a single vote without any Republican support. And the bill is expected to pass the House maybe this week sometime. So, at the so. S- two different things here, but at the same time we have the U.S. Congress going after due process um, mm-hmm. uh, problems with uh, civil asset forfeiture. We have Colorado, Colorado totally going the other way. Uh, more than half of Colorado's 64 counties officially oppose the bill. Many have even declared themselves Second Amendment sanctuary counties in protest. Failure to enforce a court order to seize a person's guns could mean sheriffs being found in contempt. A judge could fine them indefinitely or even send them to jail to force them to comply. Now, Reem says that's a sacrifice he'll make if it comes to that. Colorado's extreme risk protection order would allow a family member roommate or law enforcement to petition a judge to take someone's firearms if they're deemed to be in danger to themselves or to somebody else. David Capel, a constitutional law expert who's written extensively about gun policy, says he thinks the bill is generally a good idea, but he has serious reservations about how it's written. Uh, He said the gun law, the gun ban lobbies are getting more and more extreme and aggressive. Right, so why would you support that bill? <laughs> Hello? Jeez. You keep using that word. <laughs> I don't think you... It means what you think it means. <laughs> he said it would be difficult to prevent a nightmare scenario in which someone misuses the law to take away guns from a pers- person they intend to target violently. The burden of proof is low. Preponderance of evidence, which is the same standard used in civil cases, and a much lower bar than the criminal standard beyond a reasonable doubt. A lot of people could lose their guns this way. Reem said he also worries about the potential to aggravate an already volatile person by taking their weapon. 
going in and taking their guns and leaving the scene. I can't see how that makes them less of a risk. It just takes one tool away. Yep. Have we not seen that in Great Britain where, you know, because of the gun ban, I guess some people can't get their hands on them. And so they use knives. And so knife murder has gone up Mm -hmm. 200%, 300%, whatever it was. I mean, they're having an incredible problem right now with with people being killed with knives. If people want to kill, they're going to find a way to kill. You yeah. can ban anything you want. What was uh, a Cain and Abel? What, what was that? Was that a rock to the head? <laughs> I mean, what was that? I mean, come on. That was before anything was right? invented. I think it was a rock to the head. So, Some kind of blunt in- instrument. We'll find a way to kill. All right? Mm-hmm. It's in the mm-hmm. heart, man. It ain't the tool. That's crazy. 888 uh, We've got uh, Stu stopping in next to tell us about all of the Obamacare uh, things going on. There's a lot happening right mm-hmm. now. And he'll unpack it for us coming up on Pat Gray Unleashed. It's Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blakes. 888 Pat Unleashed on Twitter, joined by Stu Bergeer. We'll talk to him in just a second. But first, let me take a one minute to tell you about iTarget Pro. This is such a uh, really fun system. Such a great system and safe. Not to mention convenient and affordable. There are just so many reasons to go with iTarget Pro. First of all, it'll take your skill to the next level. There's nothing better, really, than dry firing. It's, it's really safe. And when you're doing this inside your house, you really don't want to use live ammo. That's not a good idea. Well, iTarget Pro utilizes your smartphone and their app, which tracks a caliber-specific laser that you put into the gun instead of a bullet. And then it detects exactly where your shots land. Completely safe comes with your caliber-specific laser, the targeting system, and the instructions. And this month, you'll get 10% off plus free shipping when you use the offer code PAT. Save money, save time, take your skill to the next level. Do it conveniently in the comfort and privacy of your own home, and you're going to have a lot of fun doing this. It's the letter I, then TargetPro.com, offer code PAT. Gray Unleashed. So, Stu, you've been uh, following the, I guess, twists and turns of Obamacare and what's going on there. There seems to be a lot happening right now. Yeah, I guess uh, President Trump came out last night and basically admitted what everybody kind of knew, which was uh, they're not going to pass a new no right away. plan yeah. before 2020. Yeah. So if you want your new uh, Ob- Obamacare replacement, um, if that's something that you really think is important. Uh, then uh, you're going to have to elect uh, a bunch of Republicans, and then they can surely oh, get it done. Because we've never done that. Right. It's, it's, it's a plan that's never been tried. <laughs> Why did we think about that Yeah, the before? idea we is... should have thought of that. If yeah. you were to get... Now, this is obviously almost impossible, but if you were yeah. to get the president, the House, and the Senate to all be Republican, then you could easily just repeal it <laughs> and replace it with <laughs> something else. when was the last time that happened? I, I mean... I, I think in 1493, right after Columbus. <laughs> okay. And yeah. then as a um, fail-safe, what uh-huh. if you had like an evenly split Supreme Court, but that the swing vote, in, in theory, was against Obamacare? 
Um, would that be feasible, perhaps? I mean, possibly. There's a chance what you're talking about. But again, I think that was 1494 uh, okay. was the last time something like that happened. What? Okay, so what was a big story on John Roberts and his process of declaring this constitutional? Well, it's one. It's it's a crazy story because I mean it, it's so tied into this network and this you know the shows that we were on. I mean, I, mm-hmm. it's still one of the biggest moments I think of of the show as far as like breaking news happening. While we were on the air, if you were listening back in, I think, whatever it was, 2012, mm-hmm. yep. um, uh, we were on the air as the Supreme Court decision came down. And if you remember, all like, you know, the, the news organizations sort of all initially, like, uh, mistakenly said it was overturned. Mm-hmm. And we were on the air reading mm-hmm. it live. And uh, the ruling came down. And, and John Roberts, of course, wound up uh, deciding to keep Obamacare. It's a new book out. It's by some, uh, you know, historian talking about, um, it's about John Roberts, the book. Um, and there's a whole section on this particular decision, and they uh, outline uh, that it, it, right after all the arguments, they, you know, they do the oral arguments and everything, and they go back and they do kind of like a test vote, and they did a test vote behind closed doors, and it came down as 5-4 to overturn uh, Obamacare's individual mandate. Um, which was the big thing that was on the table at the time, mm-hmm. um, and the opposite of how it actually mm-hmm. turned out. Uh, Roberts, in that vote, voted with the conservatives. Uh, and, you know, as he should have, as it was blatantly obvious was true in this particular case. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, um, after, I guess, like, the, the distinction here was he wanted to overturn the individual mandate, but he did not want to throw out the entire law. Uh, he just wanted to uh, overturn the individual mandate. The other four conservatives said, well, if you overturn the individual mandate, you should just get rid of the law because they're tied so closely together. Uh, so instead of saying, instead of saying, well, we should overturn the mandate and have it come out as, you know, uh, that part of it would be overturned and, and then you could, you know, nuance their little, you know, the way they write these things up so that, you know, they don't set certain precedents and all of the, all of the rest that they typically do. Instead, he decided uh, to try to make deals. Like, basically, his job is to determine whether certain parts of laws are constitutional. Instead of doing that job, he decided to negotiate. So he first went to the conservative side and tried to get Kennedy to uh, say, you know, to change his mind and come up with the, um, instead of overturning the whole law, uh, keeping the law intact. Um, And the reasoning is just completely disturbing to me as to why he wanted to do that, you know, it said that uh, the book says that he, Roberts knew as a guy who was a big businessman, he understood how important the relationship between the insurance companies and businesses were. What well, the hell isn't does that, that have to the do? very constitutional description just, uh, yeah. of what a Supreme Court justice is supposed <laughs> to do? I don't think it is. That, it's not the definition? Is no. That, huh. Is that not maybe a section you guys are huh. unfamiliar with in the Good and Plenty Clause? Yeah, I, I, don't, I mean, I've read it a lot of times. I'm deep in the Good and Plenty Clause. I feel like I'm one of the <laughs> nation's never seen foremost that? experts okay. on the Good and Plenty Clause. <laughs> it's not there. Huh? Of the Constitution. Huh. I do not. I've never seen it. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm going to take your word for it because <laughs> I can't find it on Google right now. <laughs> so, you know, instead of actually doing his job, he first went to Kennedy. Kennedy was like offended. He was like, "I, of course, I'm not going to change my opinion because you, you know, mm-hmm. because of this." Um, and oddly enough, wow. uh, um, uh, Roberts came out against the individual mandate, but for the Medicaid expansion initially, because there's two parts of that case. Mm. Anyway, then he goes back to the the left and goes to Kagan and Breyer and says, "What do you guys think about supporting 
me on this case, I'll come with you Madness. to the side of opposing um, the conservatives on uh, Obamacare's individual mandate, and I'll f- mm. but I'll flip flop on the Medicaid expansion too, and you guys come vote with me on that. So if you remember, the final total was five four against the individual mandate, but seven to two against the Medicaid expansion. And I mean, just as I, I, I'm, I'm most critical of Roberts because uh, you know he was an emergency induction to the Douche Hall of Fame, if you remember. I do uh, that day mm-hmm. on the Pat and Stu program. Uh, also, he was, uh, you know, he's a conservative or supposed to be a conservative, so I'm, I'm more annoyed about that. I think he could be just as critical as Breyer and Kagan who both thought the Medicaid expansion was correct and then flip-flopped to say it was not correct so that they could win the vote on the other side. This is the exact opposite of what the Supreme Court is supposed to be, right? Like, this is supposed to be different. It's not supposed to be legislative branch. You're not supposed to be trading, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. favors. You're supposed to be determining whether something is constitutional or not. And that seems to be just dead. Did they offer any insight into why? He wanted to do that. What was the motivation there? Well, the two th- two things they mentioned were is it um, just the legacy well, thing? There's three things. Yeah, they, the legacy was definitely part of it. They, they did not want to see, uh, uh, you know, he did not want to be seen as a court that was an activist court, which is, of course, the exact reverse of what yeah it would be. So that's exactly what he did. That's exactly what he did. Exactly what he did. Um, he also, uh, I mentioned he he was worried about businesses and how this would, you know, change change uh, their relationship and how it would, if it would cost businesses or not because of insurance. The interesting part about that is Obamacare had not been enacted. It, it had been passed, but had not been put into place yet. So there was no effect on businesses whatsoever. It, it had, they, they were not used to Obamacare. They didn't have a bunch of people on Obamacare. None of that had to do with it at all. It was, that hadn't even happened yet. Um, and then, you know, they, they just mentioned uh, as well that he, he uh, was worried about um, uh, coming in and saying, okay, I'm going to throw out this entire law that was actually passed on something as important as insurance. Um, you know, I mean, it's one thing to overturn a clause. It's another thing to overturn the entire law. Now, it's hard to imagine that if, in the end, the conservatives wouldn't have come to the p- point of saying, hey, we believe the individual mandate should be overturned, but we, you know, we can't get the whole law. Because that's still consistent with constitutional principles. You're throwing out the thing uh, that you think is unconstitutional. Yeah, you're just not um, forcing people into something they don't want right, exactly. anymore. Exactly. And so I can't imagine they couldn't have eventually come to that conclusion, but they decided not to. And I think, honestly, like, I think a big part of that is just Roberts knows that, I mean, he's been praised for that decision constantly since it mm-hmm. happened by the left media. I'm sure, uh, you know, uh, it's not going to be praised by conservatives, but he gets adulation by mainstream media that he never would have received by going the opposite way. And that's that is again like not supposed to be the job. It's the one thing that's supposed to be protected. You have lifetime appointments, so you don't have to worry about those things. And it still doesn't work. Jeez, complete non sequitur. I wonder where mm. his kids were adopted from. Hmm. Where they were what? Where his kids were adopted from? That's that conspiracy theory. You know? Yeah, did oh. they dr- address that in the story at all? I didn't see any. <laughs> no. I don't think I know the the oh, yeah. adoption uh, some adoption theory. thing that yeah. he was supposedly threatened with. Or, it seems that uh, every Obamacare ruling that John Roberts has <laughs> makes no sense compared to any of his other rulings, and that is the predominant uh, conspiracy mm. theory. I do think that actually his rulings do make sense with his other ones. I just think he's Kennedy or worse. You know, he's just not a conservative justice. It's another miss by a Republican president in a big <laughs> yeah. spot 
And, uh, you know, I get, here's a guy who's going to be on the court for another 40 years. Yeah. Uh, and he, yeah. They, he just can't, for some reason, these guys cannot figure out how to pick justices. And again, like, I, I, I like Gorsuch a lot. I'm nervous about Kavanaugh. I think the same thing might happen again. I, I do, too. Um, maybe not to the extent uh, of Roberts, but still, he's already shown himself, I think, to be a little shaky. Uh, it's early, so I'm still holding out hope. But it, it, just, yeah. it just drives you crazy. They never miss with Ginsburg. Yeah. They don't miss with these people. Like I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. like the worst they've done uh, that I can remember in history is probably Kagan, who's only ninety five percent liberal. Like occasionally, <laughs> she'll at least listen to the conservative argument. Um, I just it's it's just fascinating how this happens. And the rumor this week was that uh, that President Trump has been uh, holding back Amy Coney Barrett. For the Ginsburg slot, mm-hmm. if and when she leaves, and he really fully, supposedly, according to the article, fully expects her to step down or something else before he is uh, out of office. And so that would be a tremendous swap. I would think, you would think that Amy Coney Barrett is about as close to a sure thing conservatively as you can get. You know, I... I... I want to believe that. <laughs> yeah. I want to believe that. Yeah, I do I mean, too. You know, obviously the past has shown that we apparently can no never such thing depend on it. That's yeah. a sure thing. The only thing I say, that give me, I'll give you two quick things with on Barrett that I'm a little nervous about. One is she doesn't have a super long record. Like yeah. she's another one of these justices that mm. seems really conservative, but there's not a long paper trail on her rulings because mm-hmm. she hasn't been a justice for that long. Uh, uh, the other part about this is uh, she was not on his original list. And I keep coming back to this point, and it's just, I don't, it's frustrating to me. They had a list of 21 conservative justices, all approved by the Federalist Society and brought to Trump. And he came to everybody before the election. And you know, you remember this, Pat. How many people called us up and said, that's the reason I'm voting for Trump, that list? Oh, it was a. Everybody. It was constant. Um, You know, like, I understand I have problems with Trump. I don't think he's going to be perfect on X, Y, and Z, but But the Supreme Court. But the Supreme Court. So, okay, and that's a totally rational way to to cast cast your vote. Mm -hmm. So people listened. And Gorsuch was on that list. He he kept his promise, which I didn't think he did. I don't think you thought he was going to keep that promise no, either. Right. He stuck with Gorsuch. He p- picked someone from that list. I think he picked a good name off that list. Mm-hmm. Picked Neil Gorsuch. The second one, in between those two justices, he was like, all right, let's just add five more names. In those five names was Amy Coney Barrett and Brett Kavanaugh. And why on earth with 20 remaining names from the original list do we have to add more people to the list? Yeah. There's still 20 people there that everyone was really excited about. Right. Why not pick one of those? Both of the Lee brothers, Mike yeah, Lee and his Lee brother. Brothers. Exactly. Pick one of them. Pick one of them. Pick, oh, I mean. You, now, there's probably oh. as close to can't miss as possible. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, 100% I would feel confident yep. in that. And, uh, you know, you never know, of course. But, I mean, Mike Lee has had a long, long record of supporting things. Yes. Uh, even when it's uncomfortable. And that's what you want. You want someone who's, who is comfortable uh, in those areas where the pressure's on, mm-hmm. you know, who doesn't care if their principles make them look mean or angry or unpopular or whatever it is. You want someone who's going to stand up no matter what. Right. You know, and that is, right. uh, you know, I, that's what you want out of a Supreme Court justice. So what is missing on the right as far as why they don't propose anything. So it's like all you're doing is fighting against Obamacare and trying to do something, but they don't really have... Have you heard a plan put forward by the president or Republicans in office to 
one day replace Obamacare? I mean, you know, they they did try, you know, uh, a couple a couple of years ago to to pass something, and and it was not anything that excited me. Right, but they've got to. I mean, they've got to get this together. Yeah. get organized, and I, I don't. They can't for but, some reason. Yeah, that's the thing. That whole big McCain vote, where the thumbs down and the big moment, and everyone remembers that. It was a meaningless vote. It was yeah. it, all it did was just pass the buck to the House, which they weren't going to pass the thing back in the Senate anyway. They were going to have to come to some big grand bargain between the two branches. Like it was never going to happen. It was like it was like the chances when, when John McCain gave the thumb down, it went from like 03 percent chance of, of success to zero. It was almost no success chance of success anyway. You know, Lindsey Graham throws out these bills where it's just like tossing it to the to the states slight improvements they've occasionally proposed, but I mean, they don't have anything exciting or interesting. No, they don't. And of course, you know, it's hard to do because they're starting from the premise that ev- that government has to guarantee everyone has health care. You mm-hmm. know, like uh, that's the premise. It's like, well, 20 million people have Obamacare. Well, that's the government's job now. So how, what is your government plan to get the government to insure those people? Well, that premise is a Democrat premise. You know, it, it starts from the idea that Democrats are right on all these big issues that important things have to be held by government uh, helped uh, by government and run by government. And now, you know, Tim Kaine is out with a new plan. If you remember him, the least consequential vice presidential nominee in history, <laughs> he's got a plan uh, that is, is basically Medicare for you if you choose it, which is different than Medicare for all Medicare uh-huh. for you. If you just want it, and uh-huh. it's like, well, we'll have a Medicare plan come in and compete with private companies um, when, of course, they won't have to make profits and they won't have to be able to pay their bills and they won't have to be able uh, to hit mm-hmm. any of these uh, re- you know, restrictions they put on these private companies. And uh, they're going to try to roll that one out. Now, obviously, that's not going to pass now, but you know, coming if, if they get all three branches in 2020, I think you'll see um, something big proposed, depending on who the candidate is, at least a public option. Well, they all, they all want the universal health care now. Yeah, and now and they're, they're pretty that. blatant about it. Yep, Whereas they denied up and down. Uh, in fact, you were a racist if you <laughs> suggested that, yeah, they're just going for universal health care here. Oh, come on. That's uh, <laughs> Do you believe that we faked the moon landing too? <laughs> now yeah. they're completely open about it. Yeah, remember how many fact checks there were on yeah. us and like how, yes. how, how much liar we are. Just huge liars for even suggesting they wanted single payer. And then we'd be like, well, here's Barack Obama saying it. I, I, like, what? <laughs> right. I don't understand. And they'd be like, right. well, here's the Tides Foundation saying it's a Trojan horse for, for single payer. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's not just a Trojan horse. It's just right there. I'm telling you. <laughs> and like, we're going to get wait, there. I swear, shouldn't you listen to him or one of these people? We're not making this stuff up. And here we are just a few years later. And, and the plan they said was going to solve all of our health care problems is now so bad in their eyes. They need Medicare for all. Right. I, I like I. Right. Why would you trust these people again? I, they I don't know. Just did this to you. Yes. And they just said this was going to be the one that fixed everything for everybody. Now they're abandoning it. Yeah. I mean, I can't rem- I remember the last time I heard a Democrat Jeez. say something positive about Obamacare. I can't either. <laughs> it's I just- thought you already fixed this yeah. nine years ago. What's the problem? You, I mean, you took over, uh, you know, 15% of our economy. It was a big debate. I, like, really remember it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I was do. Like, I, I do. <laughs> like, really was a thing. <laughs> and they, now it is like, well, of course, obviously, you should just ignore. Now the conservative plan is Obamacare. I mean, if you think about it right now, right now, the conservatives would be fighting to maintain the status quo versus Medicare for all. And that Overton window has been shifted so far that now yeah. we're at full like Canadian British 
healthcare or uh, it's just, you know, this medic, this uh, Obamacare, which is the hardcore conservative option. <laughs> it's like, how, how does this happen? <laughs> it's not even been a it's, decade. It, it's mind numbing. Yeah. You never would have. I would have never guessed this nine it's years ago. It's only been in place for five years. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was enacted. It, you know, I went through the whole court thing. 2014 is when Obamacare kicked off. Jeez. 2014 that is not that Amazing. long ago five years ago and now it's so ingrained in the system that republicans can't suggest anything that takes it away and democrats are already so far along they've abandoned it as trash and now <laughs> want medicare for all <laughs> that's incredible but republicans are the radical party oh yeah yeah they're oh, the yeah. extremists amazing all right thanks for that update Stu, triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Let me tell you about Mercury uh, Real Estate. Real estate agents I trust. Glenn and Tanya started this uh, seven years ago for a really simple reason: to help you sell your home for top dollar as quickly as you can. And if you're relocating, you're going from place to place. You got to do both. You got to buy and sell, or then sell and then buy. One of the two. But uh, what we found when we tried to sell, set up Real Estate Agents I Trust was that selling or buying a home is a really complicated process. And it's tough to navigate it. So we chose agents with a long track record of success. There's no part-time or inexperienced agents in this network. Market value for your home can't be done by an algorithm. It takes years of expertise to evaluate your market and to price your home to sell quickly for top dollar. Our agents at realestateagentsitrust.com uh, are experts in your neighborhood. And the third thing is home sellers... You, you need to genuinely like and get along with and be comfortable with the agent you choose. You're going to be spending some time with them, driving around neighborhoods, doing all those things. That's why we selected agents who are fans of the show like you are. They do business like you. They share your values. So if you need to buy or sell, go to realestateagentsitrust.com to help uh, get it going fast and for the right price. Get moving with realestateagentsitrust.com. Roker's Racing Stripe tweets, we must take guns away from someone who may be a threat to themselves or others. Wait, a baby survived a late-term abortion? Kill it! Mm -hmm. Liberal logic baffles me. Uh-huh. Uh, puppy Monkey Baby tweets, <laughs> uh, will banning large-capacity magazines bankrupt publishers' clearinghouse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would think so. That's a thinking man's joke there. <laughs> uh, from Land of the Fleek, whew, so glad California can't take my National Geographic mags. Where else would I go to see people's giblets? Yeah, there might be a couple other places. Oh, yeah. Try. There uh, might be a couple other places. Ask Jeffy. Yeah, ask talk Jeffy. to him about that tomorrow on uh, Chewing the Fat. Uh, <laughs> man. So, 888 <888-900-3393. laughs> And at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, let's go to Dan in Georgia. Hey, Dan, you're on the blaze. Hey, guys. Thanks hey. for taking my call. Mm -hmm. Hey, I was watching Tucker Carlson last night, and I, I keep hearing all these Democrat operatives coming to the defense of Joe Biden. And they keep saying, oh, it's just Joe being Joe. He's a touchy-feely mm -hmm. kind of guy. Okay, well, will he do that to straight men? Uh, if he won't do that to straight men, then that's the definition of a sexual... 
it's not assault, if it's unwanted. I mean, they should just ask the operatives, okay, so it's okay for Joe to come up to you, give you butterfly kisses in your beard, <laughs> snuggle noses together. Yeah, smell your hair. hair. That'll be okay. Kiss the back yeah, of your okay. head. And, and if not, if not, then what exactly do you think of women? And they just ask that question. What do you think of women if it's okay for him to do it to a woman, yeah. but not to you? Great points. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dan. And that, again, you know, you're calling their hypocrisy. You're calling their BS. Uh, because, yeah, they do have the double standard. Absolutely. 100%. And because it's Joe Biden, and most Democrats love Joe Biden, they're going to excuse virtually everything he does. Nah, it's just Joe. Don't it's worry Joe. about it. It's Joe being If Joe. he won't do it to men as well as women, nah, it's okay. He's got a sexual preference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <sighs> all right. 888-933-93. You've probably heard about all the controversy surrounding the new movie Unplanned. Ignore it and go. This is an awesome movie. Well acted uh, and really compelling story. And the MPAA put a slapped an R rating on it for absolutely, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous rating. You do see some blood, so you want to be careful with really young kids. Um, but they wanted to make it hard for Christians and young people to see this movie because it is a powerful movie. Abby Johnson had two abortions, not just worked for Planned Parenthood. She was the Planned Parenthood Employee of the Year at one point. Managed a clinic. That all changed when she was called on to assist with an abortion. And she actually, well, what she sees devastates her and causes her to change her life her story unplanned the movie it's in theaters now go see it check your local listings or go to unplannedfilm.com unplannedfilm.com pat gray unleashed all right uh triple eight joe biden under fire Interesting. Supposedly this month he's going to announce whether or not he's running for president. Hmm. It's supposed to come at any time now. They said in April. Uh, I wonder if this has given him pause. <laughs> if, Be- if not, at least distance, right? Until he yeah. announces. Yeah. Drop your hands. You say that to somebody in North Dakota, they think it's a frisk. Drop your hands on the side. You know? <laughs> You're in trouble, right? <laughs> Now you were well and faithfully discharged the duties of the office upon which you're about to enter, so help you God. I have no doubt. Can you start? <laughs> Let's pause it for a second and maybe go back to the beginning because he says something uh, uh, really creepy at the very beginning of this thing. Listen to this. Spread your legs, you're going to be frisked. What? Drop your hands. What? You say that to somebody in North Dakota, they think it's a frisk. Drop your hands to the side, you know. <laughs> you're in trouble, right? Uh, bizarre. And creepy. And that you will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office upon which you're about to enter, so help you God. I have no doubt about it. <laughs> I'm heading up to Capitol Hill now to swear in uh, new members and old members of the United States Senate. And uh, as Vice President, it's one of the great opportunities I have. I loved the United States Senate. It was a collegial place. Uh, 
and as many friends in the Republican Party as the Democratic Party. And today is a really special day. Thanks to get out here. First and foremost to my perfect wife, Stephanie, my wonderful son, Will, and my daughter, Ava, already mentioned. Taking a selfie with White Tiger in New York. Charlie, give that kid a smile. Sniffing hair. I need Smelling people's hair. Come on. God, love it. It's your reputation. I'm good. Good job. 15. Remember, no serious guys in your 30. What I like most is getting to see their children and parents, particularly their moms and dads. When I reenact the swimming in the Senate chamber, Oh, where yeah. their whole families are able to be there. Stand her shoulders. Like reenact the swearing in. It's a moment of real joy. Getting way too comfortable with a little girl. And she's desperately trying to get away from him. Thank you. It has nothing to do with Republican and Democrats. There he is smelling the hair of the, the opportunity to, uh, person from actually, Nevada. Uh, Hillary Clinton. Oh, Hillary does it for Hillary likes it. <laughs> it Look at that. Enormous honor. I served there for a long time. Yeah, I consider right. it. Uh, yeah. I consider myself a Senate man. Of course you do. A so Senate it's man. Good to be going I think back. you're a hair it's man. Good to be able to perform this function. Wow. I'm not doing this. Yes, you are. It's part of the job. <laughs> <laughs> Constitutionally required. <laughs> So obviously he didn't smell Lindsey Graham's hair. No. Uh, he does treat the men a little differently, seems. Yeah, there was a video I saw yesterday that I was not familiar with where a preteen girl, I don't know, I guess probably 12, 13, is standing next to him. He will not take his hands off her hips during the picture. The man's got problems. Yeah. Oh, God. It's going to be, it, it is going to be an issue for him, I, I think. It, especially if he announces, then you're going to have all kinds of women uh, coming out of the woodwork. And maybe they should. It is kind of weird and kind of creepy. Uh, and, you know, he should have changed his behavior a long time ago with this kind of stuff. 888 Also, wow, do we have another? I think we got a uh, another caravan coming. Wonderful. Uh, caravan, one of the caravan migrants from Honduras who complained about being given beans to eat during her journey through Mexico is now in a Texas jail facing one charge of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. The woman's sister is also facing similar charges and both have an immigration detainer placed on them, preventing them from bonding out. Uh, so jail, jail records from Dallas County revealed that Miriam Zelaya and Myrna Zelaya are both being held in detention centers on a charge of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Oh, good. The jail records don't reveal the details. Oh. Uh, but the news outlet, Mundo Hispanico, revealed that the two women allegedly beat another woman who was providing them with housing. Oh. Mm. So this lady complained that she wasn't given you know, five-star meals on her way northward. She gets here. She's now in a Dallas County jail, right down the road here. Mm-hmm. And uh, just... Uh, uh, for assault with a deadly weapon. Um, because she d- she didn't appreciate uh, the housing arrangement. Yeah, and as Robert uh, down the hall points out, uh, listed on the records as uh, a white female, uh, as you can see there. Uh, so huh. I guess, is that is that a thing? They, it's, 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 uh, huh. 
You're not. Yeah, his, race his, Hispanic isn't a deal. So, <laughs> so when you look up crime statistics, boy, you're gonna add. Uh, How weird is that? Cover two spectrum. Very weird. <laughs> Well, maybe that's how she identifies. I don't know. Oh, there you go. Yeah, she identifies as white. There it is. Um, also, according to the Canadian County Sheriff's Department um, Oklahoma. in Oklahoma, mm. Ramon Hector Martin Ontiveros, 33-year-old illegal alien from Mexico, has confessed to shooting Paige Gomer the night of March 21st. She leaves behind a daughter who is now separated from her mom permanently. Friends have set up a GoFundMe page to help care for the daughter. <clears throat> this guy had been deported five times and now has murdered uh, an American. Well, Americans murder Americans every day. You don't care about that. Of course we do, but here's one that should have been prevented. Here's one that shouldn't have happened because the person shouldn't have been here to do it. If it saves one life, isn't it worth it? Where's that talk in this kind of nonsense? Ontiveros has been uh, caught in the country illegally five separate occasions between 07 and 13, the first three times. He was encountered between uh, 2007 and 2011, voluntarily returned to Mexico. The fourth time he was caught, and after that encounter was removed on expedited removal orders, Finally, he was caught a fifth time in December 2012 and was criminally charged and convicted of illegal entry, but served no prison time, of course. He was deported on January 5th, 2013. Uh, well, he evaded detection at some point later and uh, crossed the border again illegally and has now just been re- arrested in Oklahoma for first-degree murder. Jeez. Uh, really sad, and and now a young a young child is without their mom because we won't do anything about the border, which is at a crisis level. As DHS Secretary uh, Jay Johnson talked about, uh, here's what he said about the border. As Kevin McAleen and the Commissioner of CBP pointed out on Tuesday. There were 4,000 apprehensions. One day alone, 4,000. We're on pace this month for 100,000 apprehensions. The highest we saw uh, on my watch was May 2014, 65,000. So this is a crisis. It's very definitely a crisis. Whoa. How about that? On MSNBC, he said it. Former Obama DHS secretary. Hmm. Ah! But but Trump Uh, says it, and the left says, oh, it's not a crisis. Shut up. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Uh, that's Obama's DHS secretary. Obama's. So it is a crisis. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I hope that sinks in with the people. But it's not going it to. Of course. No. It absolutely Silly won't. Silly goose. <laughs> uh, speaking of MSNBC, they had uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's town hall last night. And it was terrific. People ate it up. I mean, like, you know. Whatever. <laughs> they were all like, yeah, I'm not watching this, but whatever. <laughs> so uh, it did so badly in, in the uh, ratings that Tucker Carlson's normal show beat it. <laughs> <laughs> According to the Nielsen's early ratings, the town hall hosted by 
Chris Hayes got 1.568. So 1,568,000 total viewers. Uh, Tucker Carlson, 2,656,000. Beat it by over a million people. Nice. Uh, Fox drew 420,000 viewers age 25-54. The MSNBC town hall had 232,000. Apparently people aren't quite as interested... In AOC as uh, AOC thinks they are. No, and we had you know some clips yesterday, but there was a gym that uh, we didn't have that uh, is making the rounds. Okay. Where she's trying to... When our party was boldest, uh-huh. the mm-hmm. time of the New, new Deal, the mm-hmm. Great Society, the Civil Rights Act, and mm-hmm. so on. And so on. We had and carried super majorities in the House, in the Senate. We House. carried the presidency. They had to amend the Constitution of the United States to make sure Roosevelt did not get reelected. And uh, we, no. you know, there were so many extraordinary things that were happening in that time mm-hmm. that were uniting working people. Mm. Wow, that's interesting. Since that didn't happen, <laughs> they so, didn't amend the Constitution, so FDR couldn't run another time. He ran every time he wanted to. He won every single time. He won four terms. And then he died three months into his fourth term. Wait, zombie FDR wasn't eligible? No, he was not. Hmm. Couldn't run from the grave. Okay. Now, later, after his death, yeah, they amended the Constitution. So anyone that was elected after that couldn't be... Couldn't uh, be... Served more than two terms. Exactly. So bottom line is if we could somehow figure out a way to clone Calvin Coolidge, Uh bring him back, yeah, he's still eligible for a term. Because he was, oh yeah, he's he was only, elected before this amendment right. went into effect. So let's uh, get cracking on that, would you? <laughs> please. She is so ridiculously ignorant on so many, on everything, on everything. Is she right about anything ever? Wow, amazing. Let me tell you about Home Title Lock though, real quick. Uh, you know, from time to time we get these testimonials from our friends at Home Title Lock. Uh, they're actual horror stories from people who've had this happen to them. Uh, like this person. I heard you warn listeners about home title theft, but I, I didn't think we'd be victims until we got a bank notice claiming we defaulted on loans. We never took out. Some thief found our title online, forged our signature stating he was the owner, then borrowed against our home and stuck us with the payments. She concludes our identity theft protection didn't stop it. The bank said it's our problem. And insurance didn't cover it. We've spent thousands trying to get our home back. It, this is a huge problem now. And that's why I didn't want to take any chances when I found out about it. So I protect my home with Home Title Lock. And I really think you should too. For pennies a day, Home Title Lock puts a barrier around your home's title and mortgage. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and get registered to see if you know you might already be compromised. They can tell you. When you register your home, you'll get a free title scan and report, usually $100. They're going to throw that in for free. So get some protection for your home. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Pat Gray. Unleashed. Uh, Here's some good news, though, for AOC. Oh, um, any parent would say that potty training a child can be pretty challenging, but imagine trying to teach a cow to use a toilet. Stop. 
That's why a Dutch inventor has come up with a cow toilet. A cow toilet. He claims it could help the environment by cutting down on the emissions caused by cow pee. Wait, it's uh-huh. happening on the Blaze TV right now. They're showing mm. this invention. It catches the pee. All right. I've seen this. That, is... You hook it to the cow? Oh, gosh. Or... Oh, I didn't know we had to actually Oh, no, see that's it nasty. Pee. Don't. I'm sorry. No. I said oh, that. Oh, <laughs> no. I didn't know we got to see all of that. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, so cow pees into a bucket. So training a cow now. Cows produce up to 35 pints of urine a day. Um, That's a lot. It seems. That's a lot happening uh, there. But inventor <laughs> Hank Hankstum, Hankscom believes his device, which is already being tested on a small farm in the eastern Dutch town of uh, Dachenchem. Sure, Dachenchem. You come on. Could cut in half the ammonia produced from cow pee on the ground. Is this a problem? Uh, Ammonia from cow pee? He says it is. We're tackling the problem at the source, he says. Yeah, they are. A cow is never going to be completely clean, but you can teach them to go to the toilet. No, you can't. <laughs> yeah, look, that, that Hank Hankinston from the town you mentioned, mm-hmm. he's on top of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's reportedly responsible for nearly half of all agricultural ammonia pollution in the Netherlands. And that, of course, plays a big role in global agricultural exports. The cow stands inside a stall with a feeding trough in front Mm. and the urinal in the rear. Mm. After the cow's finished uh, eating, a robotic arm stimulates a nerve near the udders, which causes the animal to go ahead and go to the bathroom. (laughs) Where's PETA on this? Where is the dignity, right? So creepy. You know what? You're going to train this cow to stop eating is what's going to happen. It's going to say, every time I go to this trough, I get this buzz down there. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm just going to starve to death. You don't have to worry about Peter. <gasps> oh, no. That's the plan. AOC wants to kill the cows. Mm-hmm. Starving them to death through this contraption. Seven of the 58 cows have already been potty trained, according to the report. <laughs> In other words, they've learned to use it without stimulation. <laughs> So the inventor said, yeah, the cows have gotten used to it. They recognize the box, lift their tail, and go. Oh, that's not great. What a sick, sick world. Yeah. That is just amazing. Uh, who paid for this again? Let's see if oh, the government over wow. there did. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that's not happening here. I Yet. mean, come on. Yet. Yet. Yes, exactly. That's the operative word. Because it probably will. <laughs> it probably will. That's how we're going to make America great again, by teaching cows uh, to be toilet trained. Yeah, That'll be nice. By catching cow pee. That's how we do it. <laughs> uh, Eric Holder is actually taking on making America great again. Um, be, and he, this guy might be announcing his candidacy for president. Yeah. A lot of people are speculating he's going to go for it. I'm surprised he hasn't yet. Uh, but here's what he said uh, about America this week. There's a lot of talk about America being a leader in, as a democracy, quote unquote, in 
the 1800s when women and African-Americans couldn't vote. What kind of democracy is that? Oh, that's exactly right. And that's when I hear these things about let's make well, America exactly great right. again. And I think to myself, well, exactly yeah. when did you think America um, was great? It certainly wasn't wow. when um, people were enslaved. It certainly wasn't when um, uh, women didn't have the right to vote. It certainly wasn't when the LGBT community you know, was denied the rights to which it was entitled. Does that phrase echo as, as discrimination in your ears? Uh, it takes us back to, I, I think, um, an American past that never in fact really existed, this notion of greatness. You know, America has done superb things, has done great things, and it has been a leader in you know a whole mm -hmm. range of things. But we're always a work oh, in thanks. process. And um, you know, looking back, make work America great again, process. is inconsistent with who we are as Americans at our best, where we look at the uncertain future, embrace it, and make it our own. I, I, why do you live here? <laughs> Seriously. If America sucks so badly, did, did, has America always made mistakes? Yes. Have we corrected many of them? Yes. To a huge extent, we've overcome a lot of things. And by the way, slavery was not instituted by us. It was the British who installed it and ingrained it in our society and yeah it took some time to extract ourselves from it it took 75 80 years before we could extract ourselves but after the death of 800,000 americans we were able to do it yeah that's pretty great that's pretty great was it perfect no it's never been perfect but it has been great it is great. Wow. Try as people like Eric Holder may to make it not great. Uh, it still is. As long as we have the Constitution, which is the most perfect political document ever conceived uh, in the history of this planet. As long as we have that and, and abide by it, which we're not doing that much. Yeah. But it will continue to be great. Jeez, I, you know, you got that. You got the uh, Andrew Cuomo thing. We're not going to make America great again. Right. It was never that great. I mean, who are these people? Who are these people? Why, why would you vote for them? These anti-American, America-hating liberals who just have this uh, loathing for this country. Just really strange. Why would you want someone like that in office? And why would you want to run for higher office and serve a nation that you despise yeah, this much? that you don't believe in. And, and you've never believed in it. Well, get out! <laughs> go somewhere else. Show me the better. I'll go to your Shangri-La in Denmark or Netherlands. You know, go to your Shangri-La in Finland, Norway, whatever. Beat it. Nobody will miss you here. Wow really something uh if you think that uh what's going on here in our country is unique with our politicians you need to open up a, a internet website a news site or a newspaper and find out that uh ukraine is about to elect a sitcom star to lead their nation as well oh nice so this is happening in the ukraine i was reading about somewhere else where a comedian or an actor or something is in the lead in another country too it's there's two or three other countries on on earth where this is happening so it's going to be sitcom star versus vladimir putin for the future of ukraine uh looks like a comedian with no political experience race to the head 
of Ukraine's presidential election Sunday, offering a fresh face to voters fed up with entrenched corruption in the country. Exit polls, early counting, put 41-year-old Volodymyr Zelensky, who plays a fictional president in a popular TV series. (laughs) There we go. He's comfortably ahead of incumbent president uh, Petro Poroshenko in the first round, though short of a majority. But his rise coincided with voters around the world upending the status quo, propelling anti-establishment forces, you know, like President Trump and Italy's five-star movement right now. Listen to this. Ukraine's TV president is dangerously pro-Russian. Vladimir Zelensky could become the country's next real-life leader if his show is any guide. Ukrainians should be worried. Do we know if he's pro-Russian, too, that like his character? Uh, does it matter anymore? It's just, I mean, we wow. don't live in a real world, man. I know. It's really... Uh, this is amazing. But, you know, people are looking for something different. They're fed up, like it says, with the status quo. They want something refreshing. They want somebody else to show them the way. They want somebody who's not beholden to all the special interests. Uh, and so I think that's the appeal of, you know, people like President Trump and and this guy, I guess. <laughs> that's interesting, though, that he plays a president on TV and now he actually might become the president of the country. Mm. Kiefer Sutherland planning a 2020 run here in America. If he reads this, he probably yeah. will. Um, let's see this guy uh, or the guy who's on the. Allstate commercials now. Uh, oh, um, you know, President. Uh, oh, come yeah. on. What was he? He was the president in '24 in the early stages. It's killing me, man. Yeah, I can't remember what his I'm name gonna is. I'm going to be so mad when I find this in '24. But I don't know. He's probably too busy with his Allstate commercials now to break away and become president of the United States. I accidentally typed it. I, I typed in President '24, and I got Grover Cleveland as my <laughs> search result, which uh, I miss old Grover Cleveland. Uh-huh. Uh Who does this? President. Palmer. Yeah, okay. Palmer. right. Boy. Exactly. I'm personally ashamed. I can't speak for you, but the fact that that slipped my it's mind. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. But he was since such president a good Palmer. president. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was, like right? He, was, he seemed yeah. like he got along with everyone. Yeah, he did. Um, he didn't ruffle any feathers. That was before we became hyper political and just entertainment shows. Yes. And everybody could just get along and enjoy him in the presidential role without talking and, about policy. And we did. Mm-hmm. And we did. Oh, the good old days, you know, right around 9-11. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I can't. Uh, all right. We didn't get to the Harry Reid story. He's uh, he's suing the maker of his exercise band. <laughs> it's an amazing story. It's interesting. Give it up, man. We know the truth. He said it broke. Do you remember that? Uh-huh. It broke and he smashed his face. It didn't break. His hand slipped off of it. But he still... <laughs> suing the company. It's an amazing amazing story. We'll get into that uh, coming up tomorrow. On Pat Gray Unleashed. We'll see you then.